given that we are pure divinity, we were and still are, but unbeknownst to us, everywhere always at once. Time is an illusion. Reality's eternal. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thoughts become things and Jumbo, fellow life adventurer, happy Monday. Uh, another day in paradise in these sacred jungles of time and space where I hope to, through answering your questions, give you traction to thrive in your awesome rocking life. Today's question came from some of the answers I gave last week where I pointed out about sickness and some people suffering before they die and the cause uh, of heartbreak. It all boils down to confusion. And I said that when we're out of alignment with truth, that brings on pain, hurt, physically, psychologically, and unintended manifestations. Nobody chooses to have wacky, awful stuff happen to them, but they do choose their thoughts. And if their thoughts are out of alignment with truth, and truth is absolute, then they get unexpected, contradictory manifestations here, there, hit, miss, ricochet, fall down, get back up, wonder why God's angry. Okay, so I've got a couple of things I want to share with you here that I think are kind of cool and kind of fun. First off, uh, the rock of all that I share is that there is a truth, as I just stated. And when I say that, and I'll tell you what the truth is in just a minute, because it's not a vague or tricky, but you understand the power of belief, correct? Well, there are certain few absolute truths in these sacred jungles of time and space that even in an absence of believing in them, even believing the opposite, and you know how powerful your beliefs are. Oh my God, they're almighty. The truth will prevail. The truth is the truth is the truth. It is not fair to say everyone has their own truth. That's wrong. Everyone has their own way to truth. Okay, All pathways to truth ought to be celebrated and respected. But the truth doesn't change. It is what it is. And if we are out of alignment with truth, chaos. Now, what is the truth? I've done my best to distill what I think are the five truths of being. My terminology here. Call them whatever you want. These are a bit redundant. They collapse into one another, some of them. There's probably only one or two or three truths of being that are absolute. So we're not talking about a whole lot of stuff here. We're talking about a simple little worldview that's unshakable no matter your beliefs. We are all one, all God, all love, divine, interconnected. A lot of ways of stating we are all one. You've heard these before too. Number two, thoughts become things. We are creators. We bring about what we think about. It's immovable. Even if you don't believe it, then those beliefs will become your experience. Um, because thoughts become things is absolute, not because of the belief. Okay, number three, life, aka consciousness, aka God, energy, ourselves, is eternal. Time is an illusion. Number four, there is only love, which could be said there is only God. And number five, it's all good, which is a trite way of saying everything is playing itself out in the heart of God. And what doesn't make sense today will one day make sense. Even your 
unintended manifestations. Now, I have done a spiritual tune-up long ago on those five truths of being, so I'm not going to go rehash those. But let's talk about pain and suffering and how misunderstanding the truth can lead to these unintended manifestations that hurt us emotionally with heartbreak or cancer or the flu or the pandemic or whatever. Understand that we being of God, by God, pure God, as stated, we are all one. There's only love. There's only God, right? Okay. Given that we are every pure divinity, we were and still are, but unbeknownst to us, everywhere, always at once. Time's an illusion. Reality's eternal. So we are everywhere, always at once. We knew the truth. We came from the truth. We were radiating truth. We were pure divine intelligence from the zenith and the peak of magnificence. And from there, God most wanted to be you. Down here and now. And me. And everyone else. And a dog and a flea and a tree and a moat of dust. All of it is pure God. Why? For the adventure of it. For the fun of it. To forget that you're everywhere always at once so you can fall back in love with everywhere always at once. Fall in love with yourself. Be fallen in love with. And get it on, man. It's such a beautiful world that we live in. And we're eternal. we got nothing to worry about. Divine intelligence is always riding beside us. So we were everywhere always at once in total truth and we came here. And now, oh my gosh, lions and tigers and bears. Now we don't remember we're everywhere always at once. Why? This is not a mistake. This was not a fall from grace, even though it's called that. They're trying to put words to it so we understand that we, we were there, now we're here, now we're lost, now we're confused, now we're in pain. But this was foreseen that we would come here, we would be so blinded by the beauty and the, 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 the fabulous symbiotic relationships and the colors, the sights, the jungles, the forests, the snow, the, the saw, smell of salt water. Oh my God. And we knew that that would kind of take our attention and we would begin thinking that life is happening to us instead of realizing we're streaming it all into place. But that's okay. Because there's automatic healing going on all the time. And in this lifetime, or the next, or the next, or the 10,000th, you're going to get to that place of good and plenty and totally remembering where you came from. When you come here and you're in this soup, this fog, and your physical senses are spellbound, and then your cute little brain is trying to logically parse it all out, it's like, you get even further removed from the truth, which is why the Eastern religions promote no thinking, follow your breath, have a mantra, just to quiet the chatter. You don't have to stop the chatter, but it can be very helpful if you're so blinded by to the truth because of the chatter. So you want to dim your awareness. You want to ease back into truth. You want to feel your inner senses. You want to align with the absolutes that brought you here and that prevail in your waking life right now. The truth. So, um, we the, the drama distracts us and the logic distracts us, but they're not to be jettisoned. They're not to be abandoned. They're not to be hated. The drama is awesome. It's love-driven. Yeah, there's a lot of fear there as well. Just don't let it hijack your life. Enjoy the drama. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy... Uh, hanging out and telling stories and lions and tigers and bears and dreams come true. That's all drama. That's where you're going to learn about the truth. So you want to manage, manage the beautiful drama, not put off your happiness for it. While managing it, you're going to be open to higher and greater truths. I'm going to give you some awesome examples in just a minute of how missing something in terms of truth can bring about painful circumstances. So please hang on. This is going to get really juicy. The goal is not to remove ourselves from time and space. That's where we came from. Okay. The goal is to be here, but bring the truth down. The goal is not to die to your desires. The goal is not to uh, think no thoughts. Those can be a help. That can be a help, helpful tool. The goal is not to transcend the illusions to the degree that you're completely nonplussed by them. You want to be plussed by them. You want your boat to be rocked by them, but you can manage how they do this. And when it hurts, you bring on more truth and find out where you are out of alignment with truth. 
Okay, so did, did I paint? I hope I painted you a good picture. Now I want to bring on to the stage one of the best-selling books in the history of humanity on planet Earth. Louise Hay, you can heal your life. This is literally in the tens of millions, 50 million, 100 million. There's only a couple hundred books in our recorded history. Okay, not counting Atlantis uh, or Lumeria or Mu or all those other places. Um, in recorded history of all books ever written and printed, this is one of the best-selling books in the eternity of time. Okay, I'm getting nothing for this. I'm not trying to... I'm bringing an example to what I've been talking about and truth, alignment, and pain. Okay, Louise Hay, uh, bless her soul, rest in peace, the founder, co-founder of Hay House, today's Hay House, uh, a sprawling, global, awesome, self-awareness publisher. That company was started by Louise Hay when she was like 58, 60 years old. Um, she partnered up with Reed Tracy, and this was their initial offering. It still sells like hotcakes for good reason. The first half of this amazing book is Louise Hay, Louise Hay's uh, biography that she wrote, filled with lessons from her life that are jaw-dropping, from cancer to child abuse, sexual abuse. Oh my God, what she went through. And then she's turned it into some exercises so that anybody can do some self-reflection. The second half of this book was why I first got it before I even knew about her autobiography in the book. And it is page after page after page, hundreds of examples, well, at least a hundred examples of common physical ailments like headaches, menstrual pains, um, I mean, you name it. I'm going to read you some of these and then... Her view, presumably channeled because it's profound or distilled from many sources, I don't know, but it's solid gold. Her view, we'll say, of the psychological conflicts that brought about certain ailments. For example, back pain. 95% of the time, back pain is tied to worrying about money. Now, I will tell you in advance, some of her explanations are disappointing and frustrating. And I look and see, and I don't, I might have an ailment and I'll look in here. I always go here. Uh, and sometimes I see the truth right away and sometimes I don't. That doesn't mean the truth isn't there. And when I do find resonance, you know, maybe it's just an aberration. So I always take stuff like this with a grain of salt. But for example, I, some really common ones, cancer. Now, you know, I know it's fashionable and mainstream to think that cancer is just random genetics. You know, did your parents get it? Well, you might get it. It's like, not. Cancer uh, is brought about by deep hurt, long-standing resentment, deep secret or grief eating, deep secrets or grief eating away at the self, carrying hatreds. Or feeling like, what's the use? Those conditions, not always, but in many, many, many cases, lead to cancer. Different types of cancer, different types of resentments kind of thing. Uh, then she talks about bunions, burns, bursitis, buttocks, uh, canker sores, carbuncle, boils, carpal tunnel, cataracts, cellulite. Here's another one that I know you'll be interested in. The flu. What is the flu brought about? Common thinking is, oh, it's simply contagious. Uh, you just bad luck if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, I've, I've spoken to that very recently in the COVID vaccine or not. A few um, tune-ups ago, but here it is. Influenza. Response to mass negativity. Response to mass beliefs. Fear, belief in statistics. And then she gives an affirmation to negate those kind of problems. Now, that does not mean don't get a vaccine. Sometimes it's better, as I suggested, to kind of play along and cover that base. you got to decide that for yourself. But that's what influenza is. And that doesn't mean you might not use 
um, a belief in contagions to get flu if you have it. Uh, also on this page, insomnia, intestines, itching, um, joints, kidney problems, kidney stones. Uh, I mean, everything, locked jaw, lungs, malaria, pink eye, pimples. I mean, sickle cell anemia, shoulders, skeleton, skin, slip. I could not possibly recommend more highly this book. I've got several copies in this house. I give copies away. It gets you thinking. It might not pin the tail on the donkey. It might not be right. But where, with a mindset that brings about cancer, as I just read, are you not seeing that there is order and perfection and beauty and that you still have power and that you still have the rest and the best of your life before you? If we are so far out of alignment that we're not seeing God in everyone, even the jerks, if we're not seeing our eternal nature, if we're not seeing that, that we have this unbelievable ability to rebound and improve and to heal, we are out of alignment with truth. Uh, and this can, uh, she talks about Alzheimer's. She probably talks about boredom. She, I mean, the simplest things to some of the most complex things, and it will get you thinking thoughts you've never thought before, which is the whole point. Okay, so fellow adventurers, a long one today. I hope uh, I connected a few dots for you. Um, in addition to Louise Hay's book, I also realized I have a book of my own that is basically Q&A like these tune-ups throughout that came out from Hay House about six years ago called Life on Earth, where I talk about Atlantis, ancient civilizations, UFOs, Bigfoots, Yetis, um, challenges, dreams coming true, creating wealth, Life on Earth. That if you like these tune-ups, I think you'll like that book as well. Life on Earth, Mike Dooley. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley and time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question is about manifesting and parenting. The questioner realizes that I have a seven-year-old daughter right now, and so there's some things I've learned, perhaps with a metaphysical twist, that I might be able to impart. I will do my best. I'm still uh, a beginner at this, if you will. But at first glance, the question I thought was going to go a different way. Like, how can I live my dreams when I've got mouths to feed? So I'm going to answer that um, secondarily because that was not the main thrust of the question. The main thrust of the question, in the questioner's words, Mike, we can't tie particular outcomes to specific people. I get that. Not even children. This is what I teach. They're going to make their own decisions. You're just there to kind of be a guide rail, if you will. But as parents, Mike, our job is to guide our children towards good choices, being good people, creating opportunities for themselves. I would like to manifest a situation where I'm not so frustrated and concerned with my kids, my kid and his poor performance in school. He's gifted, but lazy. He's also 11 years old. All right, so I've got a number of thoughts for the parent in you. And then I've got a couple of thoughts for the parent in all of us that wants to live on our terms while being responsible for others. First, to help the kid. And if you don't have kids right now, uh, or maybe you've already had them and that phase has passed, some of what I'm about to share will pertain to the kid that's still inside of you. All right? First off, as you well know, no kid is the same. And I'm not implying that you think so, but I'm, I want you to, to understand, and I want other parents in particular to understand who don't have kids that are in the top percentile, but lazy as you do, as stated, to realize that different folks will thrive in different environments. And sometimes we bloom late. Sometimes we bloom super late. Um, but as a note from the universe once said, the longer it takes to bloom, the more beautiful it is for so many reasons, particularly having finally had that eureka moment and you found your way. It's like, what's better than getting to the top of the mountain, but getting there after having first been lost. And so perhaps this is you, perhaps 
it's your kid. And just because you're lost or your kid might be lost doesn't mean they can't enjoy the journey now. Maybe the other kids are maturing faster. Maybe they're more focused. Maybe they're more analytical. Maybe they're better in school than your kid will ever be. But your kid has gifts outside of school or in other realms where they will be so lit up that the laziness will transpire and fade away. So I would say just hang in there. Not any kid can fold um, a certain template and be well-rounded. And that is perhaps their greatest advantage. Through patience, you can help them find their place in the sun. Through redirecting, you can help them find their traction. Through not insisting that they be good at math, but knocking on different doors. Patience is a big thing here as well. Just patience in and of itself. The sun here is 11 years old. I can tell you, as I just shared, that I did not begin thinking for myself, thinking analytically. And if I can say something, maybe that's a bit arrogant. I was never the sharpest tool. I was never the straight A student. But when I got in the world and was standing on my own two feet, and I started thinking and rationalizing and deducing and using my intuition, I became so much smarter to the degree that I figured stuff out that the smart people, in my not so humble opinion, uh, could I figure stuff out that the smart people, in my opinion, have not figured out. Just the nature of reality, who we are. And sometimes it takes being alone without the guidance um, to kind of kick yourself in the butt and say, you know, it's, it's, it's go time. So a lot of patience here, uh, a lot of uh, liberal attitudes in finding and experimenting with different possibilities. Now, going back to the child, my daughter is seven, your son is 11, um, or the child within. And again, I don't want to be implying that you do this, but, but I have found okay, that giving deadlines and promising rewards, if they make their bed or they do this, or, is really almost a futile effort. They're so in the moment that that a, a reward that's going to come later on is, is like, that's not now. That's not, that's not reality. That's like, maybe, and, and my daughter will zone out and get distracted. What I have found, <clears throat> and this might seem like cheating. I think to other parents, uh, they have told me like my wife do stuff with them. Like my daughter has very little homework, but there is homework every day. And I never ask her to do her homework before screen time or play time or dance time. At bedtime, before the, the fun books and the cool games, <clears throat> we do five to 20 minutes of spelling and math, arithmetic. Um, in the morning when it's time to organize her room and make her bed before she leaves, I do it with her. I do the homework with her. <clears throat> Maybe it's a crutch, but she's seven. Okay, and I see already that there are times when I'm not there to help her make her bed, that she's doing it. So don't give edicts, not that you are, but participate, participate in the moment. Sometimes the reward uh, is your giving them uh, a hand um, in the now and not later on. Of course, parents need to be the example. And what I mean here is, you might explain to your child from time to time, you know, um, I really don't want to do this task, but if I do it, then I'm going to be better and I'm going to have free time and we'll be able to do something on the weekend. And so I show that there's a correlation between, okay, this is not fun right now, <clears throat> but it's going to make stuff possible. I use that with words and imaginings as well. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's, let's say, I always remember the answer. I always know how to do the math. Instead of, I hate math, I'm no good at math, I have a terrible memory. I am shocked, as I have shared earlier, that by telling her the power of her words, that she immediately starts making modifications so that she doesn't feel the resistance that the words actually created. Um, don't underestimate the power of praise. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm a broken record, giving her an award for coming in sixth place, everything she does. But when you forget sometimes, uh, you know, I can see her look at me like, that was good, I did good, Daddy. And, 
I'll march her around the house on my shoulders uh, because she got all of her math and arithmetic right, you know, uh, to the other grown-ups in the house. And I have became aware after the fact how powerful that was for her. So praise, 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 celebrate the little victories. Now for the parents really quickly. Um, when you want your dreams to come true, but you've got mouths to feed and bills to pay and you're torn every direction, remember, you're living one of the biggest, best dreams come true of your life so far. And perhaps you're not giving yourself credit for it. Praise that inner child. You've got your family started. You've got somebody who looks up to you. You've got a house that you're putting in order for them to the best of your ability in spite highs and lows. You're living a huge dream come true right now. And living a dream come true doesn't mean it's tiptoeing through the tulips, yee-hawing, woo-hooing 24-7. You know, there's still going to be lessons. There's still going to be organization. There's still going to be self-discipline. You're living one of your greatest dreams right now as a parent, as a role model, as a best friend. And yeah, it's tricky and it's daunting. And yes, you have other things you want to bring to pass to give your family a better life. But this pandemic has shown me one thing, and that is sometimes hanging out in the yard and camping in a tent is way better than spending an entire day at the Magic Kingdom. Sometimes it's the simplest things and not the expensive things, not the all out you know, five-star vacation experience. Um, it, it's just being present with family now. So don't discount, no matter who you are, parent or not a parent, don't discount the dreams you're living today that not that long ago you wondered if they'd ever see the light of day. And as you enjoy this dream that's come true, you'll be in a much better mindset and much more believing in yourself, much more buoyant and happy, biding your time and being patient automatically because you enjoy what's going on to thereby help other dreams come true. So continue to dream for abundance and health and recovery and a new relationship if you're a single parent, joy and sharing. But realize this is a dream come true that requires a lot of hand-holding in the most literal of ways. And also remember that being a parent, I don't even like to think of this one myself, but it's temporary, you know, to the degree that it's demanding from your life right now. Okay, once a parent, always the parent. But the opportunity and the, the golden moments now where there's growth and hand-holding and still being called daddy and uh, um, it, it's fleeting. And in a blink, it's gonna be behind you. You know, and, and he or she will be off and living on their own somewhere else. And, you know, you just hope they call you once a week uh, kind of thing. And so while there are sacrifices, uh, these are also joys that you will miss one day. So it's temporary and, and don't worry that you can't spin too many plates at one time because of this big dream that already came true. Uh, and I think that's good enough for now. Thanks so much for these awesome, amazing questions. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up on this day of roller coasters. If you're into cryptocurrencies, oh my gosh. Um, all's going to be well. Uh, all is supremely well. So, today's question. Israel versus Palestine. Can you believe I'm going to go there? Well, I'm going to do so, I think, in the most gentle of ways. But I'm going to buck a mainstream assumption that will really perhaps have many of you scratching your head. But I'm not gonna take sides. There's no need for that. Everyone's doing their absolute best, however to the contrary that may seem. First of all, sympathies for the loss of life, women, children, men, fathers, husbands. Um, sympathy for all of the unimaginable suffering that's happening because of this conflict. Um, I want to just cut straight to the chase and say that this message today is about the fact that violence is always wrong. Violence is always wrong. I don't care who, I don't care how, I don't care when. I don't care if it's physical, if it's emotional, if it's uh, psychological. Violence, and there's many forms, it's not just physical, violence against others is wrong. 
And this is the part that will be very difficult for many, 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 many um, to get your head around. Uh, your heart is open. Your mind is open. You wouldn't be watching this. Uh, even in self-defense, violence is wrong. Now, the presumption in these primitive times is that, hey, if I'm just minding my own business walking down the street and someone throws a rock at me or pulls a gun on me, I have every right to respond. And in this day and age, during these extremely primitive times, spiritually speaking, I totally get your point. And if it happened to me, I would probably um, look to physically defend myself. But the presumption that random evil things could happen to any divine gladiator of love and joy, it does not compute. We are all streaming our manifestations right now. I'm streaming you, you're streaming me, we're streaming each other in this magical world, this continuum where there are agreed upon coordinate points and agreed upon past, which can change, agreed upon coordinates and other elements so that we can discover our power ultimately realizing that what we think about, we bring about. And anybody of a violent mind, even if they hold the tenet that violence is acceptable as a form of self-defense, will find violence in their life and in their world ultimately. This is a non-starter. This is always the case. Now, does that mean every government and every person should lay down their arms? No, I'm not saying that. But if you want spiritual truth, the underlying premise that violence is sometimes okay will only bring you violence. It is never, ever, ever okay. Look at the bedlam. Look at the misery. It doesn't work. There's not a solution through violence. Might is right will prevail short term. And we see it sure enough. And then the victors write the, the history and they say it was just me and my glory defending my family. It was like... It was a misunderstanding, as we've been talking about for the past week, in the nature of reality, not understanding truth. If you don't have a violent bone in your body, a violent cell, if you are all about peace, you would never be in a situation where seemingly random violent stuff happens. Does this mean anybody who is a victim is at fault? The word fault utterly fails in any spiritual conversation. It doesn't work. It's like victim. It's like blame. We're all co-creators. I know this is not easy to get your head around and it might, you might never get around it. Maybe I'm wrong, okay? But I'm coming from a place where I know that our thoughts become things, that we're living our fantasy worlds out in the heart of God, in the palm of God's hand right now. Things are not as they appear to be. And if you don't like what's going on in the world, peacefully protest. If you don't like what one person does to another, peacefully protest. This doesn't mean that there aren't grades of violence. This doesn't mean um, that somebody might not throw the first rock. But it means anybody in the mix believed in a world where violence can happen to them. And by changing that belief, you will no longer be in that mix. But if you all of a sudden found a rock hurled at you, take recourse, press charges, file a protest, uh, boycott, do all the things that you can do peacefully as we extract ourselves from these primitive times where we believe life is happening to us and I'm just an innocent bystander and it's not what you make of it, it's how you take it. Everything is how you make it. So fellow adventurers, uh, I, not the answer you were looking for, I'm sure, but for, for many, I trust uh, it might spark some new thinking. Uh, this does not justify ugly things happening. Uh, this does not explain the entire gamut earlier, as I've shared in other tune-ups, I speak about blame the victim mentality. I explain uh, how there's no such thing as uh, you know, faults and, and the like. Uh, I talk about children 
um, who experienced stuff that clearly they did not think about in this incarnation. So there's 250 other spiritual tune-ups that will fill in the gaps if they need to be filled in. But you're a divine creator. You're living in a beautiful world. There's love still absolutely everywhere. And at this point forward, we all celebrated and insisted upon peace no matter what then peace is what we would have. It's the only way there. Everyone will always have a legitimate argument against their enemy, always. And if legitimate arguments were a cause for, a, a just cause for violence, the violence will never end. Jumbo fellow adventurers, welcome back to another spiritual tune-up. I'm your host, Mike Dooley, where I answer your questions. Thank you so much for the great questions. Today's got a long one, but it means it's going to include something that you want an answer on. This is a long question. I'll read it all to you, and it applies to virtually everybody. Briefly, at first, what am I doing wrong? Specifically, Mike, I've been doing personal development for a year. You thought you were impatient, huh? One year. Okay. I have a vision of what I want and I have faith, but how do I see truth despite appearances when currently we literally can't afford all the things we want? I don't have any free time. I know that all goals and manifestations have their own incubation time, but although I know this, why do I still get impatient? Why do I still have days when I slump so deeply, feeling I'm doing something wrong and it's not going to happen? How do I get back on track when, those, when I have these slumps? During my visualization this morning, I ended up in tears because it felt so hopeless, which made me feel worse because I know you need to feel it as though it has occurred for quicker manifestation, including the joy, but I'm in tears. Am I pushing away what I want when I'm feeling this slow? Excuse the chuckle. Uh, I have been there. We have all been there. You're in good company. It's going to be all right. Um, gosh, where to begin on this one? <clears throat> First off, if you've only been at it a year, you're asking some really good questions. So you're a fast learner. Um, I can remember lamenting to my mother 21 years ago, <clears throat> I would drive by her house, unemployed, in between my entrepreneurial startups, and I would bum cigarettes off of her because I was trying to quit, but I was a really bad quitter. <clears throat> and I would ask her, when is my life going to take off? Where's the stinking magic? What happened to the universe? And on and on and on. It was harrowing where I was. It felt like one big lie, all of this stuff. Um, and then I started writing for free. That wasn't working, so I started speaking for free. And I'm like, I'm delusional. Mom, I need another cigarette. What's wrong with me? That lasted for a couple of years. A lot of cigarettes. Thanks, Mom. Rest in peace. A lot of cigarettes. But then one day, I realized, and it wasn't me crossing a finish line, like, oh my God, my life sucked when I went to bed last night, but today, <clears throat> the yellow brick road. My life, because I stayed busy, because I stayed in the game, because I kept showing up, even though it wasn't working at all and I was making no progress, my life slowly metamorphosed before my, without me even knowing it. And suddenly I was coaching somebody, one of three coaching clients in my life, each of which was short-lived. <clears throat> and the guy said to me, Mike, when is my life going to take off? I'm sick and tired of waiting. Where's the universe? Where's the magic? I feel like it's a joke. And I remember thinking, where did I hear that before? And then I was, after the phone call, I was like, those were my words recently. But yet they're not my words today. And I had to think, when did I say that? It was to mom. When was the last time I said that? Oh my God, because by that time in my life, a couple of years into hitting rock bottom, but staying busy the whole while, um, by that time in my life, everything was working. I had money. I had travel. I had self-published books. I had notes from the universe. I had 
this vision and everything was starting to click. It was like so exciting. And I was like, I didn't even know that it started working. And believe me when I say, one of the first thoughts that came to my mind was, dang, this happened so fast. And I contrasted that to the couple of years until I made that statement. And during those years, it seemed like freaking eternity. It felt like I was stuck in cement. And suddenly it happened. And in hindsight, given how good my life was, and it has only gotten better in the last 18, 19 years, given how good it was, two years is nothing, nothing, a joke. It is a pittance. And if I had known during those two years how good things would get so soon, I would have enjoyed those two years instead of, you know, coughing up nicotine and being unhappy with my life and bad-mouthing the universe. Another lesson here, in spite of all my negativity, in spite of me proclaiming it's not working, in spite of my fury at this stupid universe, it still worked. Oh my God, the lessons I have learned, I'm going to encapsulate all of these built-in lessons to this little share in just a moment. But in hindsight, you will be like I was. Wow, that happened fast. You're going to be shocked at how you got there because it wasn't one of the hows that you expected. Writing notes from the universe, that was not on my list of things to do. It evolved because I was busy while having dreams that I doubted. You can doubt and you're going to hit a home run if you stay in the game. So I know that all of us, me to this day, I'm ashamed to say, but not really because it's okay, have doubts and fears and worry and and it's okay. You're going to do it anyway. You're so designed to succeed. You will wonder as I wonder, what did I ever do in my mortal flailings shrouded in self-doubt and self-pity? to have succeeded as wildly as I have? And the answer was, I showed up in spite of appearances, and then the universe took the baton. I kept dreaming in spite of appearances, and the universe made them come true. So here's my little summary lessons from this story. I can so relate to where you are. Don't draw conclusions about your progress or seeming lack thereof with your physical senses because these little peepers are not designed to see magic and miracles. The magic and miracles are always invisible until after the dream comes true. Then you look back and you're like, oh my God, that idiot was an angel in my life. Oh my God, that setback was really a setup for greatness. Oh my gosh, I thought it was going slow and I was going so fast. The eyes don't see miracles, but you know enough to tune into truth that you live in this world where you're loved and adored. The eyes and the ears of God Almighty pushed on to greatness every single day. You're going to hit a home run. You know that. You can hold on to that. Do not trust the physical senses to interpret the journey. Drill down to truth. Um, the second thing I really wanted to impress is to realize that your efforts are expounded upon and exponentially increased by the magic and the universe. You are not alone. You've got a dream. You want it to come true. It's not just your dream. And I'm not talking about your kids, your friends, your partner. I'm talking about you are who God most wanted to be. And the dreams you have are God's dreams. You got a team. You got the angels. You got the universe. And they have the magic. You are the sorcerer. You can make it happen by holding on to those dreams and expecting the unexpected, expecting to be surprised, uh, knowing, knowing that things are happening on your behalf that you cannot see. This is the way it is in these sacred gardens of time and space, jungles of time and space. Um, number three, oh my gosh. If you need to, re-listen to that long question and all of the, the problems that were foreseen or interpreted by the questioner. There's no rules. 
I'm, I know I'm supposed to be positive and I know I, I have a vision, but it's not panning out. And I know I need to stay on track and visualize joy, but now I'm in tears. And it's like, oh my God, all these rules. Who can keep track of all those rules? You don't even need to keep track of all those rules. When you know the truth and you've drilled down and you're in this space of understanding that the divine stirs in your soul and you're living this adventure out in the heart of God, you suddenly realize you have leeway. You have wiggle room. This is exactly why some people who have never visualized their entire life have lived joyfully and in financial abundance, surrounded by love and laughter. And they never visualized because you don't have to visualize. So you visualize and you cried. Who cares? I, I don't mean to be cold, but it doesn't matter that you cried. It doesn't matter that you get bummed out. It doesn't matter that you curse at the universe and all of the angels. They love you anyway. You cannot shake them. I mean, it's like you can't do it wrong. If you have a dream that's wisely defined, see my other tune-ups, it takes very little to define it wisely. Just don't depend on somebody else, specific somebody else. Don't depend on how, leave the door open for better. Um, don't mess with timelines or unimportant details. There, you do that, it's a wisely defined dream. You have a wisely defined dream and you keep showing up even though today looks like yesterday. You got it, you will get it. And when you know this, it's easier to enjoy the journey, which is the last thing that I wanted to convey. You know, when you do enjoy the journey, you're right. When you're in joy, you're right. Everything happens better, quicker, faster, higher. But if you don't enjoy the journey, it's still going to happen. So you might as well enjoy the journey. Get to this place of understanding the nature of reality and you become totally unstoppable. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy each day. And you will look back on your journey as I do and your most fond memories will not be the high fives uh, in the bank lobby or um, all of the typical things you aspire to now. Those will not be your fondest memories. Your fondest memories will be of yourself back when you felt down and out when you felt not strong enough, not good enough, not positive enough, not happy enough, and you persevered. I look back now and I'm like, oh, Mikey, Mikey, you go little Mike of 20 years ago, you go. I know it sucks, I know it's hard, it seems impossible, but you're so close, you have no idea. And somehow I did, I must've got that message. Somehow I persevered, somehow I made the best of it. Somehow I tried to smile when I was depressed. And it was those little things that made all the difference. So when you when you cross the finish line, it's great. It's better than you can imagine. But what makes it so sweet are the earlier moments that you prevailed through. You'll see. You'll see. You're going to be saying, "Damn, that happened fast." And you're going to be like, "Dang, what did I ever do to deserve so much?" Okay? So easy on yourself. Enjoy your rocking life. Enjoy the manifestations you've already got. Enjoy the fact, questioner, that you have kids. Woo! That's a dream come true, isn't it? So as I said yesterday in other tune-ups, by the way, there's 250 spiritual tune-ups. Go to my Facebook page, click on more, click on videos, click on spiritual tune-ups, go to my Instagram gallery, and you'll see the 250 other spiritual tune-ups that are there for you to enjoy as you like. Jumbo fellow adventurers and happy Friday. Thoughts become things. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Today's question. Okay, this is going to be, I think, kind of fun. Mike, what about rapture and Armageddon? What are your thoughts about the rapture that the Christians teach? Will there be a sudden rapture of souls up into the heavens and others left behind to face Armageddon? Or will it be more of an awakening? a large number of souls disappearing and the beginning, not, not disappearing, a large number of souls awakening, staying here, and the beginning of a super time of spiritual enlightenment for mankind. Yeah, the latter, okay? I'm not too convinced that people are going to just, you know, be whisked into heaven. I've read some interesting accounts that parallel the mysteries of the Mayan or Aztec civilizations, many other civilizations that just disappeared. Uh, perhaps they achieved a level of enlightenment, 
high vibrational frequency, had been there, done that in these jungles of time and space, had all of their desired reincarnational existences and literally vibrated out of here. That's how and why they disappeared. Some uh, suggest it's not out of the question. Uh, and if some left and others were not of a high vibration, well, they would be left uh, in the turmoil. Okay, Armageddon, fighting one another. Uh, blah. Okay, while I think there's a plausibility that that could have happened one day, might happen in the future, I do not think anything like that is happening now. Your second suggestion, where this is the dawning of a new age, on planet Earth, where there will be a blossoming of consciousness, awareness, truth, light, and love, and living uh, in a state of grace and inclusivity, joy, and love, uh, unrivaled in all of recorded human history. We are on the cusp of that right now. So let me talk with my remaining time about what exactly these logistics are. It is absolutely not a religious thing. It is absolutely not a Christian thing, although that religion was able to pinpoint fairly accurately the evolution of consciousness on planet Earth. That's what's going on right now. And consider when this big party, this big adventure in the jungles of time and space began, we descended to a pretty low level from the height of light and vibration into the density of matter and we got swept off our feet hence the anal the 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 story of adam and eve story of adam and eve uh the metaphorical story of adam and eve where uh once in the garden of eden we bit into the apple because it seemed so real signifying a tipping point where we fell head over heels thinking that the world exists independent of us and thereby reacting to its majesty, its beauty, and its lions and tigers and bears. So we fell, hook, line, and sinker, part of the equation for having an adventure where you could really get lost and really discover yourself, fall in love anew, be fallen in love with, discover how safe and wonderful and beautiful everything is that you're always provided for. For this adventure to get going, we had to descend pretty low. It was not a fall from grace. But as soon as we hit the bottom, if you will, some time ago, the ascent through the evolution of consciousness and a brand new awareness born within the illusions began to take form. And now we are reaching a crescendo. Now we're discovering our power. People like me and millions of others uh, are talking about it, sharing, spreading the word, a super exciting time to be alive, except, of course, there's resistance. There's people gravitating to the light, opening their heart and mind, considering new possibilities for everything. Families, orientations, sexual and otherwise, government operations, currencies, economies, schooling, education. Everything's being reconsidered. As we move to the light, sometimes mistakes are made, sometimes unintentional manifestations. That's part of the journey. We're unintentionally manifesting stuff. What better way to discover our power? As we simultaneously, intentionally, more often than not these days, begin manifesting change, transformation, love, joy, beauty, and all good things. So now, as we reach this crescendo, Plus, given the saturation of humanity on planet Earth, which is not a problem, that's a tangent. Uh, the number of human beings alive here now is not a problem. It's how we manage ourselves. That's the, the challenge. And right now we're getting to a, a place with our present level of ignorance. We're maxing out. But we can change our enlightenment and we could handle a lot more people. But anyway, now that there's saturation in the globe and technologies and rapid communication, we're more aware than ever of options, choices, possibilities, new ideas that light us up. And we're more aware than ever if we're on the other side of the equation and we're resistant and we don't like these changes and we want to be more clan-like and more me and me and you and you and we're not in this together. Suddenly, because of communication, the news, we are seeing this chasm with total clarity. It is not because of the news, contrary to 
widespread thinking. The news, to the contrary, has made it possible for people to identify with others in their same vibrational camp, either of the light, or forgive me for saying this, or of the darkness. Uh, the darkness simply meaning, in this case, um, not the light, not truth, not more love, uh, not more empathy, uh, a guarded, protected, not on my watch kind of thing. And so the news has made us find our camps. But when you get a crescendo like what we're moving into right now, and there's this yin and yang and love and fear, and mm, when it happens in your own mind, and it happens to all of us, the body bogs down. You get a cold, you get the flu. Uh, when it happens globally, then you get citizens and nations bogging down. Governments fall apart. Plagues and pandemics, typhoons and tornadoes, hurricanes and earthquakes. These are not random. Of course, they've been happening forever. And of course, we can look at the world and think, well, that's the world happening and has nothing to do with go what's going on in our mind. This is the Adam and Eve thing that I was just talking about. We think that the world exists independent of us. It doesn't. We are creating it. We are streaming it. And while there were always earthquakes and pan, not so much pandemics on humans, but while there's always been natural disasters, we influence those mightily. And at times when we are in the danger zone or when we're out of the danger zone, there is no bolt of lightning nor any tremble or tremble or explosive volcano that goes off randomly. Uh, everything is by design. The design orchestrated by our clarity, our alignment with truth, not orchestrated by judgment. God's not angry. God's not judging God. You know, none of that that's implied in Armageddon pertains. That's the religious spin on it. So now we've got this situation where we've got COVID, we've got awareness, we've got invitation, we've got people separating into camps like oil and water, chaff from the wheat, just like was prophesied in a lot of different holy books and in a lot of fairly recent channeled material, all pointing to this irreversible trend where the whole planet and the majority of its citizens, meaning humans, are increasing in their vibratory levels and they're considering more love, more compassion, new systems on every regard. And there is the very loud minority that's saying, no, not here, not now. It was working perfect before. We can see this. Just look around you and you will see that there is a camp that is asking for more inclusion. There is a camp and they don't want to be a camp. They're like, come on, aren't we supposed to love? And can't we do better? And they're totally agog at some of the fearful comments made by the other camp. Um, the, the camp that wants the inclusivity, wants more love, wants more empathy, wants more, more, more of everyone to share in the bounty of earth. The other camp is hunkering down into resistance. They are, in a way, psychologically creating fortresses. Um, they are scared. We need to have love and empathy for them. Um, they're actually calling for resistance. And there are some extreme cases, they're calling for armed resistance. We all have eyes in our head. We all have ears. We all have the ability to process these thoughts. See what's happening. It's exactly as I just laid it out. And the silver lining here is this is the best of times. We're moving from the darkness into the light in our very lifetime. We're moving from uh, scarcity into abundance. That's what's coming for everyone. We're moving into sickness, disease, and, and illness into vitality and longevity. Everything is moving into a better realm than it has ever been in recorded history. And this is planetary and it is absolutely unreversible. Hallelujah. Praise to the universe. It's going to be so amazing. In the meantime, everybody watching this, I, I ask you to look at the different camps so you can see what's going on. And then I ask you to open your heart 
Be compassionate. Consider other people's perspectives. No matter what camp you think you're in and no matter what camp they think they're in. We're all in this together. We're all brothers and sisters. No matter our nation, no matter our religion, no matter our lack thereof, we're in this together. And when we begin cooperating and seeing ourselves and seeing God in the eyes that we stare into, as I'm looking into your eyes right now, oh my gosh, it is not even conceivable the beauty and the opportunity and the abundance and the joy and the love that will become that will be showered down upon every single cell and atom on planet earth and resonating throughout the entire physical universe. Oh my gosh. Fasten your seatbelts for the ride, the ride, the ride, the adventure of eternity. This is what you signed up for. This is what you've chosen. Everyone's made mistakes heretofore. Everyone has trespassed. Everyone's learning because we all emerge from the, the dark. No one's better than the others. So let's Love one another, oh we yo, marching into the into eternity of of ah, the the metaphors are escaping me, you know, bliss and sunshine, joy and unicorns. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!